0: You're listening to the Sprues & Brews Podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode 138 of the Sprues & Bruce Podcast. My name is David, I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. And Jay. Hello. So on this week's show, we're going to be talking about vampires because the Soulblight Gravelords are here. So Matt is going to give us his thoughts on the army because he is currently building uh, a Gravelords army. And I'm pretty sure it'll be in your hobby updates as well this week, Matt. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we've got that as our main segment this week, but also a bit of a mini main segment is the amount of pre-orders we've got this week. There's a lot of pre-orders in there. It's crazy. So we've got a, a fairly sizable news section this week. Uh we also have a super serious top three because we're gonna be discussing our top three hats of Warhammer. So what hats do we think deserve recognition from what across the whole games workshop ranges really? Uh and I think you even you even said Middle earth as well, Matt, uh is yeah, being thrown all, all in the things there. Vaguely Warhammer
1: adjacent.
0: Excellent. <laughs> so and um, that's gonna be later on the show. And we'll also be reading out some of the community top three picks towards the end of the show. But before we get stuck into all of that, let's talk about what we've been doing in the hobby this week. So, Matt, seeing as um, we've
1: already hinted at what you might have been up to this week, let's start with you. Well, so, yeah, I might have done a few bits this week. I finished the Vargs gear, I finished the Bloodborne, I painted the Kasagi Nightguard, Radicar, the Wolf, Torgilius, the Chamberlain, I've, very nearly finished the objectives i was just prior to the podcast putting some highlights on them they just need basing they're done and then i was working in the lab late last night <laughs> um yeah but had a bit of a monster mash <laughs> uh, i have built a terrorgeist i have sprayed up a vampire dragon I've converted up a dark elf dragon into Prince Vore Dry. So, you know, so it looked a bit of a different dragon. It looks like the dragon that's on the front cover. That unfortunately didn't come out as a miniature, but hey, what do we know? And some Vargites and some Ghouls. And I'm going to use the Ghouls for the time being as spare zombies, because unfortunately the, the squad of zombies that occurs it only got 10 guys in it, and you can take them in 20s. So, yeah, until the uh, the new ones arrive, I'm using some Ghouls. So it's been a fairly busy week yeah
0: you've got an awful lot done there yeah
1: and i ordered all the grave lords all of the grave lords so mm-hmm. um yeah it's going to be a busy few
0: weeks painting the undead <laughs> excellent so much for being a slow burner matt i'm sure you said you're going to go to go through these as a bit of a slow burner but
1: yeah that, i have done kind of the opposite of that bought <laughs> everything painted that. everything in a week yeah
0: I'm sure we'll find out um what could be firing Matt along when you t- when you talk grave lords later on in the show when we we take a look into the uh, the battle tone. But oh great work. I love your um your, your characters from KSC uh, they look really really good. Uh, especially yes. Radicar. I love that guy. He's, he's such a cool model. Um uh, Jake, what have you been up
2: to in the hobby this week? I've been painting more elves. <laughs> Just elves, elves, elves. so I've been working on I got the Alarist Stoneguard Guard finished and I'm about just over halfway through I'd say the um Hurricane Wind Chargers uh decided to I'd painted them up, the mounts up and I decided I wanted to change the colour of the skin. So I've gone back and repainted them. Uh, so I've just got to work on the um the, the the guys on top now, the actual um elves that ride them. And mm. then that that's a thousand points well, I'm more I've got more than a thousand points of luminar painted, but that will be a thousand point playable army painted. Um, And I could probably stretch it to a 2000 point um, Metrica uh, army, although it might not be very good.
1: I'd go for it. That sounds cool.
2: I say like the Metrica, it's got five stone guard in it. (laughs) Although I do have I have five more stone guard that are um, they're probably I I started painting 10 as one batch. uh, But then halfway through the unit, I decided to start painting some wind um, elves instead. Uh, so I'd have like a mix of cavalry and then like an anvil type unit in my thousand points. Um, mm. So I'm quite happy with that. So I can finish off these other stone guard that takes it to ten. So yeah, again, I, I should definitely have a, a good two thousand point um, playable force by the time Age Sigma Sigmar three uh, comes out, making good progress on them. Yeah, you did really well, and they look superb as well. Uh, yeah, cheers. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not getting tired of painting them yet. Sometimes you get burnt out when you've been working on a project for so long, but I am still enjoying them.
1: I think probably similar to my Undead with your
2: elves. There's lots of variety, isn't there? Oh, yeah. There's tons of different builds you can do for the uh, Luminef now. Cool. Excellent stuff. Um,
0: I've had a, a good week of painting. I've decided to paint um, Larissa. I can't remember what her surname is, and I just bought it up on PC as well. She was an anniversary model for um, the the, um, the Stonecast Larissa Shadowstalker. Um, she was also, she's actually. When you look at her now, when you look at the stuff, the Stormcast stuff we've seen, she was a little bit of a precursor for um, potentially what's on the the horizon with like the the hunter, the um, the monster hunter kind of vibe of the Stormcast that's coming up with AOS three. So I painted her in my vindicate, uh, my celestial vindicator scheme, um, which at first I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'm not doing these as well as my old ones, but it's it's the magic of washes um that really kind of tied it all together and i was like actually i am quite happy with this Uh, and then on the stream on sunday i painted my second star ballista because i thought i painted it before so i thought well let's let's get that done because you've got at least have two of those in your list Uh, and i've done one of the um sort of members of its crew so i've got one other crew member to do and then that's the complete sort of ballista unit finished Um, And after this podcast, I think I'm going to cave and I think I'm going to build some Skaven. Build some Skaven. Yeah. yeah. I need to test my I need to test a a scheme, I think, on them. Uh, That's my reasoning. And I'm sticking to it. I was going to wait until iOS 3 landed and we all do our Taylor Gamers kind of thing together. But I really want to paint one and just make sure I am. definitely well, prepared for painting hundreds we, of clan rats
1: we, we were talking about this as a tale of gamers you've got a horde army so it's not necessarily the end of the world if you have a bit of a head start
0: yeah yeah that's true so um so yeah that's that's what i'm gonna do straight after the podcast i hope i'll be talking about that next week um which is cool that brings us to the end of this week's hobby updates we've got quite a bit of content to get through so i'm going to take a pause i'm going to come back with all of this week's news
1: So what do we have in this week's news, Matt? Well, we have got a fairly hefty week for pre-orders. It's it's, it's been a biggie. Um, unsurprisingly, we've got more of the Soulblight Grave Lords. We had half the range on pre-order last week, and the rest are coming out this week. Spearheading that release, we have got start collecting Soulblight Grave Lords. This is a uh, this is an interesting one. You get five Black Knights worth. Um, 25 quid you get 20 Graveguard, which is about 50 quids worth 55 quid uh, and you also get the white king on steed which is currently um exclusive to this box so if we say that's um let's know approximately 20 quid for him that's 100 pounds worth of stuff in this start collecting box uh, i don't know how much the box is but even if it's one of the more expensive start collecting boxes at say 60 pounds that's that's not a bad box. Now, admittedly, a lot of the models are very old in this box. And Black Knights are maybe not the greatest unit in the book, as is the White King. But the White King is a really nice model, and the Graveguard are really, really good. So, yeah, if you're going to buy a unit of 20 Graveguard, that would cost you 55 quid anyway. You may as well buy this box and get a White King for free and some Black Knights that you could always build as Hex Race and put in your Nighthorn army. Mm. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be
2: picking up. this up the white king's awesome that's such a nice model
1: yeah it's really cool and it coincidentally if you take him as your general he unlocks grave guard as battle line as well so oh, nice that's cool if you want a skeleton themed army that would be a cool way of doing it uh, also for pre-order we have got the dire wolves uh really nice sculpts massive improvement over the old ones i'm gonna paint mine white because i think that matches the kind of vikos theme better yeah yeah, the good wolf call. on shoulders shoulder and stuff. So, yeah, they're going to be really fun. Speaking of which, we have got Belladama Volga, the first of the Vyakos. So she is an uh, old grandma Vyakos riding her wolf. Uh, incredible model. I mean, we've mentioned this already, haven't we, in, in previous streams and podcasts. But, yeah, it's it's one of the best models in this uh, release. Coming in at in a close second, I think, is Radhika the Beast, radicar when he's been working out again <laughs> absolutely amazing uh yeah I, mean, I, I i'm gonna have to pick these up regardless of what army i do just to paint up because i like mini dioramas on the bases aren't they they are they really are um if you prefer radicar in his orphan card kind of state and you missed out on curse city games Workshop, we're doing a made to order of radicar himself he's on his own frame and radakar's court which is the frame out of Curse city that contains all the the named characters in the kasagi night guard essentially and the bloodborne um interesting that they haven't got the skeletons and zombies in there i i mean we said ages ago we could see those bits being a start collecting box of sorts for the grave lords I guess the only thing that there is a spanner in the works is the fact that you can't take these zombies in tens, and there's a lot of models on that frame that you can't use, like the bats and the uh, rats. You do get some uh, mysterious objectives, which I've just had a cunning thought. They'd make great gravesite markers, wouldn't they? The various gravestones and skeletons mm-hmm. hanging from uh, gibbets. So yeah, um, but yeah, unfortunately they're not in it. It's just the characters. Don't know how much these are going to be. Cynically i'm gonna say they ain't gonna be cheap based no. on some of the other um you know like the um indomitus and dark vengeance stuff that they've put out in the past but i may be wrong i may be wrong um but at least it's an option for people who missed out on them uh we've also got two more characters again I mean, they might not be the best in the game but they look really really cool uh kritzer the rat prince when he dies, he turns into a, a flurry of rats and can reappear elsewhere on the battlefield. That's pretty cool. And Lady Annika, the Thirsting Blade, who is the most gorgeous-looking vampire model. Gorgeous. Uh, <laughs>
2: she Creepy, amazing? Matt. Creepy. She's, she, she's a beauty. It Studied. looks like she's got um, an alternate build, like her hands can be she like does.
1: a bat wing type thing. So she can either be holding a mask or she can be like her, unfurling her bat wing arm. Both of these are really weird. Um, again, she's arguably not the greatest uh, character in the range, but she's pretty interesting. Essentially, she heals herself up if you don't kill her in one turn. So, yeah, there's some fun things you can do with that. Um, but there's more Undead up for pre-order at the weekend. For Warhammer Underworlds, we have got the uh, the next warband, Kanan's Reapers. So This is the Ossiarch Bone Reaper warband, with the big chap with the scythe uh yeah these look really cool don't they dave
0: they do they look really really cool um and open the door to potentially get in some ossiarch archers hopefully at some point in the in the future
1: yeah and a big chunky support character guy like yeah him. uh I, I don't know how these play yet i, I don't know if i think there might have been some articles upon Warcom, but i've not read them yet uh six guys in the warband though so quite numerous yeah so, yeah, they look pretty cool. Uh, over in the grim darkness of the far future, though, we have finally got the new Codex Adeptus Mechanicus. That is up for pre-order on Saturday. And yeah, there's, there's lots of fun stuff. They've been previewing some of the um, various forge worlds today. I don't know if you've had a look yet, Dave. Oh, Matt, I
0: have dissected this, this article that's gone today because it unlocks a few little tasty uh, tidbits in there. Um, mainly, and I won't go into too much detail Yeah, that,
1: you, I, yeah go into it, go into in it. Uh, it's all uh, awesome.
0: Okay, 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 I will um, So, <laughs> in the in the current codex um, all your uh, Adeptus Mechanicus units get access to canticles so um, there's various ways you can activate them, you have to roll a d6 or you have Mars, blah blah blah, anyway, so you've got these canticles of the Omnissiah In the new book, it looks like um, that we're actually we're still going to have canticles but they're only going to be on the Cult Mechanicus stuff um, the Skitari are going to get their own sort of doctrines um, and what's kind of revealed that, well there's a couple of things that revealed that the, the one that really kind of opened door on that is this article that you've just mentioned, it mentions that Mars, if you're playing as Mars then your Skitari units also gain the Canticles rules so they'll get Canticles and they'll get doctrines um, when they had the pre-order post on Sunday, they mentioned that the card pack that the Adeptus Mechanicus you will be able to pick up Includes cards for stratagems, canticles, and these doctrines. Um, so we'll, we'll get them all in a card form. So I think that's that's going to be interesting. That's more special rules for the Adeptus Mechanicus, which gets yeah. me um, very, very excited. Um,
1: the, Mars, uh, the Mars rules look pretty good. Every every turn, each unit can re-roll a dice when shooting.
0: Yeah, that's a bit like... I think the Salamanders get something similar to that, don't they? They get a free reroll
2: per unit or something. Yeah, the Salamanders do. And some Craftworld Eldar as well, one of the Craftworlds. I think it's the um, custom... Do you get the custom oh, Craftworld traits.
0: Expert Crafters, is it? Yeah. Or something like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's... Re- I mean, I think there is some really strong Forgeworld choices there. I think uh, Lucius is still very good. Um, I think that was the one that... Uh, was it Lucius? No, it might not have been. There's one of them that you get to increase your rend if you are within... Um, like rapid fire, like half range, which is which is really powerful. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very excited um, to to see what's what's coming for this. They they have made some changes to Rafa Mars, which was a very popular stratagem for Mars players. Um, it now costs between one and two CP, and you can do a maximum of six mortal wounds to it. Basically, on a on, a, on unmodified six to wound, you would do um, a mortal wound in addition to any normal damage, which is now being capped at six. But to be honest, I think. You're never really rolling many more than six mortal wounds anyway. So um I don't think that's much of a nerf at all. Um so yeah, really looking forward to the book now. Um can't wait to see what these doctrines are. Um very, very excited.
1: Awesome. Well at least it's only a week or so until uh until you know we might know a bit more about them. So that's exciting. Uh like you mentioned earlier, there are data cards. There are dice, and I really like these dice. they 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 look like nice The the, the recent dice have been more like the Forge World Heresy dice. They put out a big, chunky dice similar weight to the uh, Warcom dice, uh, the Warhammer TV dice. Uh, And these are just red with the cog mechanicus on the six. They look really nice. I'm quite tempted to pick up a set of them myself Mm -hmm. for my Titans. Um, There's also a Combat Patrol box. We won't go into that too much because we've covered it previously, but it looks like a pretty good buy, doesn't it?
0: I think it does, especially for new players. Uh, really Mm. good box.
1: Uh, and there's also the Skitari Marshall coming out. He's a new character for the Adeptus Mechanicus. I guess you'll be picking up this chap, won't you, Dave? Definitely. I, I think, I mean, I've not
0: seen his data sheet or anything, but I think he's going to play a very similar role to your, your Primaris Lieutenants. I think you might get a re-roll of a one to wound or something. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm hoping, um, because we don't know what's happened with the Daedalus yet, I'm hoping he may give out like a plus one to hit or something. He's supposed to buff Rangers in Vanguard anyway, so we'll have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, I mean, the most important thing, this guy's got a stick to hit people with. <laughs> so, you know, that's the that's thing. If you prefer your aliens with pointy ears, uh, Lelith Hesperax is up for pre-order. She was originally in one of the battle boxes that I forget the name of. Piety and Pain? Piety she, and Pain, yeah. Um, is a, such a nice model. And I, when that book came out, we all we all had um, temptations to start a drakari Force, didn't we? But we managed to resist. But, uh, yeah. Really, really cool model. Uh, there's, more, there's more Xenos up for pre-order there. We've got Necron's. The Chronomancer and the Flayed Ones originally in the Kill Team box are now available separately, as is the Captain with Mastercrafted Heavy Bolt Rifle and the Heavy Intercessors. All four of these kits are amazing, aren't they? I know we've covered these previously in our Kill Team uh, review. And uh, yeah, you guys did a really good job painting these th- things up.
0: The Chronomancer in particular, I think, is, a, is an absolutely stunning model. And I'm looking forward to adding some heavy intercessors to my Death Watch. Yeah, I oh, look oh, good in black. Cool. They look really good in black, especially with some uh, of everybody's favourite um, eradicators uh, mixed in there. Yeah. Uh.
1: Oh, that sounds horrific, Dave. And a bike, which is why not? Um, yeah, also five two... of them with five heavy incestors. Yes, it's got to be a thing. <laughs> oh, dear me. I'm not playing against you, Dave. <laughs> um, we've also got some new combat patrols on the way. One of them's right, and one of them's amazing. So we've got an Adeptus Astartes combat patrol. It contains, essentially, start collecting Vanguard and an Impulsor. So buying that separately would cost you £105. You get it for eighty-five pounds as a combat patrol, saving you twenty quid. That's not bad. The impulse is like forty-five quid by itself. Anyway, uh, the really good one though is Stars combat P- patrol Necrons, which contains two boxes of Immortals, which also can be built as Death. What? No, Death Marks, which can also be built as Death Marks. A set of Tomb Blades, a Doom Scythe, and an Overlord. If you bought all that separately, it'd cost you one hundred and thirty-six pounds. So buying this combat patrol you save 50 pounds and again you can probably get it closer to 60-ish quid from element as well so that is an absolute billy bargain are you uh, are you tempted to pick up any of these boxes guys ne- necrons definitely um
0: i think i'll definitely get the necron one at some point although i say that it's we've got obviously the new magazine series coming which i think will add a lot to my necrons but mm. yeah i mean i really fancy that flyer, and if you're gonna get the flyer, then you might as well get that haven't you uh, and yeah. get some more death marks because I've got I've got some Immortals but I don't have any death marks and they're, they're quite tasty in the new book so
1: well that's it there's two boxes of death marks cost you £50 anyway for an extra 15 quid, call it from Element you're getting a flyer and the Tomb Blades and an Overlord seems a no-brainer doesn't it the, the Space Marine one confuses me a little bit they, have they got like a stock room filled with these Vanguard spoos or something well th- th- this is
0: currently available it might be discontinued now but there was a start collecting vanguard box which was basically this box minus the impulser. so yeah. like you saying, matt maybe they're just not shifting them it
1: is, it is literally that box plus an impulser, yeah is what you get. which is not a bad thing it's still a good and you get a good saving by them separately mm. uh it's just, just a strange one
2: another just opportunity to, to buy suppressors, suppressors.
1: It is, yeah, you were on our suppressors the other day. It's all come full circle, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, so, just, yeah. Uh,
2: it'd be good to see when these models actually get proper multi part
1: kits like the yeah, Red five kits have years, advantage. they'll still be selling this sprue, Jay, with <laughs> <the> suppressors right. <laughs> on it. <laughs> Only bundled with, I don't know, a Land Raider and a Dreadnought and I don't know what else. So, yeah, a good box, but yeah, it just puzzle me that we haven't got a proper kit for them yet. <laughs> Uh, so that's all the pre-orders we did have a little snippet of news today though on saturday at 6 p.m we've got another warhammer preview guys this time covering animations could we maybe have finally the you know announcement of when this is happening what we've got coming warhammer community says we don't want to miss this one
0: I think there'll be an episode to watch, a full episode to watch um, after the stream. Uh, It's also interesting that it's 6 pm. Usually on a Saturday, they're at about 2, aren't they?
1: Well, you say that, but Warhammer Fest was at 6 pm. They said on there that's a better time to make sure that all of the world can watch. Oh, well, there you go. Um, So that that is this coming Saturday. And then the following Saturday, obviously, we've got the big Age of Sigmar stream as well. Hmm. It didn't officially announce this yet, but, you know, the timer on the AOS website counts down to 6 p.m. the following Saturday. And they said we're having two previews this month. So, you know, doesn't take much uh, math <laughs> skills to work out that we've got the uh, the third edition release the following weekend. So super looking forward to that one as well.
0: Excellent stuff. Some uh, interesting stuff on the horizon. I'm really looking forward to watching some of the Story Forge stuff. Some of the trailers look fantastic. Um, so yeah, i really looking forward to seeing if we get to watch that on Saturday. Uh, that brings us to the end of a fairly chunky new section. We have got our main segment coming up next, though. It's time to talk vampires. It's a Soul by Grave Lords. It is now time to talk about the Grave Lords, and Matt, you've been really excited for this book.
1: Yeah, I have. It's uh, I've 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 always had a soft spot for the undead. I had a uh, what my fantasy uh, vampire countess army that sadly probably went on ebay many years ago and i never really i don't know the uh legions and Gash always felt a bit of a stop gap didn't they and I, uh, it, due to the way the keywords worked when age of sigma came out you couldn't really build a fully kind of f- fleshed out undead army with all the various bits and bobs you had to kind of subfaction it a bit and, and legions and Gash put some plasters on that but there's still a few kind of random keyword things here or there, and yet with the new Soulblight Grave Lords book, this essentially takes everything that isn't Flesh Eater Courts and isn't Night Haunt, uh, and puts the Soulblight Grave Lords keyword on it, meaning you can once again make a classic style vampire count army, and that is super exciting. It's a it's a, it's a book in a strange position. Because we know this is the last book of the second edition of Age of Sigmar and more than likely the third edition books are probably going to be in a different format. I guess we're probably going to see some of the stuff that we see in the recent 40k books with, you know, uh, crusade style content and a different presentation they might mix up the way points are displayed and stuff that's a big question mark at the minute but i think it is going to be a a change from what we've got currently and there are there are a few things in this book that do kind of point towards the future yeah first of all the fact that all the points are in increments of fives what madness is this So old-school Age of Sigma fans will know when the game came out, everything was in multiples of 20. You had units that were 80 points, 100 points, 120 points. In the second edition, they refined that a bit and went down to 10 points. Everything was in 10 points increments. makes working out this dead easy. And now we've got five points thrown in there. What madness is this? <laughs> um, I mean, first of all, what, what what do you guys think? Obviously, it means... Uh, Sigmar always set itself from 40k that it wasn't quite as granular with you know obviously everything's in points isn't it in 40k and you buy your individual models and you buy your upgrades when sigma it's always you buy this block of troops and it in the past has been a round number of points and that's a dead easy way of making your army list i guess akin to uh, power levels in 40k isn't it really yeah um and this it it, it doesn't move away to to pointing things individually and that's not to say they won't do that in third edition i don't think they will but part of me does think oh could we see points per models or points for banners and stuff and you know that's that's something for another day to think about we don't I mean, we don't see that in this book but we do see that shift so for example a off the top of my head i think a Terrorgeist 305 and a zombie dragons 295 where before it <sighs> It's a tiny incremental difference, but that does make a difference in building lists sometimes, doesn't it? Uh,
0: and do, do you think do you think part of the reason is for balancing as well?
1: Yeah, it makes it easier to balance. I mean, it makes it easier to balance because if everything's got points to the closest five, over your army by adjusting things, you can find a few more points here or there, whereas it's often harder to do that with things in tens. So, yeah, it's a little change, but it is a change in a, in a point to the future. The other point... Uh, the future is that there is an awful lot of command abilities in this book everything's everything's got command abilities and there's ways of making everything count as your general which is interesting i mean currently that's that's quite a benefit because we've we've all fallen victim to being just outside a range of a support character because their command point aura isn't quite as big as your generals mm. you know when you when you're trying to pass battle shock and the like Gravelords don't really have that problem because it's very, very easy, depending on which bloodline you pick, to have a whole load of models counting as your general. Uh, But all the characters pretty much have got command abilities, really good command abilities that I think in prior books would have just been a passive ability. So all your your various auras and, and gimmicks and stuff that the units do. And that puts the Gravelords in a strange position where currently... If you've got, I don't know, a battalion and 50 points spare, you might start the game with three command points. You're going to blow through those really quickly.
0: Mm. Yeah, because you've got so much choice to spend them on.
1: Oh, yeah, and and, and it, it's pointless taking those characters if you're not using those command abilities as well. So I think this is very much designed for third edition, where obviously we've heard that there's going to be more command points. There's different ways of generating command points. Which means that the Gravelords have got a bit of a head start when it comes into third edition because I don't think off the top of my head other armies have got quite as many command abilities available to them. They may be more reliant on the kind of your standard command point stuff. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. Um, Units themselves I... have command abilities, or is it just the characters? But your characters, but pretty much all the characters have got command abilities where. I, I think in most other books, really, not everything has ever command ability that you want to use every turn, where the Soul blight Grave Lords kind of do. And obviously, if you you can go very counter to heavy in the Grave Lords, and you'll be spawning to spend three or four command points a turn, which again is in line with the rumors for third edition, but you know you ain't going to be able to do it in second edition. So, I think they might struggle for a month just generating enough command points because there's nothing in the book apart from the Chamberlain generates a command point if he stood next to radicar um it's just your standard your standard generation so yeah if you're not using them for, for auto pass and battle shock and the like you have to just pick your best abilities that you've got at the minute i think give it another month and a half when third edition comes out that's not going to be a problem and these guys are probably going to kind of curve ahead in the in the performance then uh, build wise we're talking similar to the legions of nagash you have got various vampiric bloodlines that you can pick your army from depending on which one you pick you get different abilities what's really good about this book though the I, I first was worried that all the you know the cost stuff would work well together and your legion of blood stuff would work together in this book it it, it still works having mixed factions in there Obviously, you pick, you pick your bloodline, and that's the, the, the rules. It's not like the Lumineth, where your Viacost units get their ability and your, your Legion of Blood units get their ability. If if you've got vampires in your list that aren't that bloodline, they don't get anything, basically. But that choice of bloodline determines your army build, your kind of gimmicks, and your playstyle. So, for example, so first we've got the Legion of Blood, these are Neferatus' bloodline she's um she's really cool it's a very skeleton heavy army and you ignore all negative hit and wound modifiers on death rattle units now considering that a lot of the skeleton units their shields are a lot better and you just get a uh, plus one to your save rather than i think it was like re-rolled or something if you had a shield previously You can put them in scenery. You can put buffs on them to uh, increase their armor, but rend will not affect them in any way, making almost
2: like a plus two save bonus, isn't it? Really, when you take into effect that the you can go down to minus one in the new rules.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you could hit them with with obviously that's hit. That's hit. Yeah. So it's it gives you a bit of kind of insurance on top and, and that, that's one of the rules that still works in the current edition because they ignore all modifiers but yeah when we come into third edition doesn't matter whatever you're stacking up on them you can't you can't change the, the hit and wound modifier so really 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 cool um they also increase the number of models that flee from failed shock tests near to vampires as well so basically you you, you tarp it up with your your skeletons that don't care about your modifiers cause them to run and your vampires will cause more to run so that's that's pretty cool neferata herself um if you take her in the army she counts as the general in addition to the general which is something that is very common in this book and basically means that you don't have to take that named character as your general but you still get the awesome benefits for taking them which is a much better choice i think sometimes in some other books you um you you really kind of like forced to take that name character when really you might want to take another guy with an artifact and and a yeah. combat uh, a command trait on them so yeah really good she unlocks black knights as battle line which aren't the best unit but if you want to do a like a cavalry list that could be fun though there are better options for a cavalry list later in the book if you prefer manfred i don't know you're a fan of manfred dave aren't you i am yeah you could go for the Legion of Knights. Now these are these are the sneaky bloodline, and there's all sorts of shenanigans. Um, as part of the kind of the main army abilities, you can choose to leave um, units off the board and bring them on the board via a grave site, which you place at the start of the game, which is a good way of getting your slow units up the board because you know the zombies aren't very quick. The Legion of Knight, however, instead of doing that, you can deploy them to any board edge as long as they're nine inches away from enemy units. So if people aren't careful, you could put units on their back line. Hmm. So yeah, yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool. Uh, And in the first battle round, your zombies and skeletons have plus one save as well. Again, letting the ones that are on the board advance up. Uh, And Manfred's a bit of a tricksy one. At the start of the combat phase, he can teleport anywhere on the board outside of nine inches if he's in combat. So basically... You charge him, he teleports and jumps on an objective or something.
0: I really like that. I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah, and you can really catch people out as well by setting it up, baiting people to charge him. And then they remember, ah, he can teleport and he just jumps off where he actually wanted to go. Mm. Leaving maybe a unit exposed now in the open. So he seems really, really fun. Um, They also gain Vargaist battle line. Vargaist is still really good. They can deep strike. They're a decent combat unit and the, the models still stand up, to be fair. We've then got the Vikos d- dynasty. So these are the fellas from Kerr City. So we've got Radhikar and his mum. <laughs> <laughs> these, uh, these, uh, I thought these would be really kind of like wolf-based, and a lot of them do have the ability to summon dire wolves. So um, Radhikar, at the start of the game, gets a unit of dire wolves. Um, the uh, Bella, Belladonna, she has a spell Where she causes mortal wounds. It's like an improved um, Arcane Bolt. I think it does D3 mortal wounds. If you slay any models with that, you immediately get to put a Dire Wolf in combat with that unit um, per model that you kill.
0: That's cool. I like that.
1: So, but essentially, she's turning people into wolves, (laughs) which is really cool. But. The, um, the, the army ability is actually very geared around your zombies and skeletons, which again kind of fits with the Curse City theme. If your units are wholly within nine inches of a friendly vampire hero, they have a passive plus one to wound, which is amazing. I mean, zombies are rubbish. They're, they're hitting on fives, wounding on fives, but you can make them better with that. I mean you take the zombies for the mortal wounds, making them all reliable is really good. Making your skeleton units, in particular your grave guard units, who hit really hard, do mortal wounds, have two damage each, and then make giving them plus one to wound just for being near a vampire, that's amazing. I think Viacost Dynasty is gonna be what most people go for because you get the most benefit from your kind of infantry units, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, your battle line. Especially if you've got core battalions, maybe you know incentivizing people taking battle line units and things yeah
1: exactly and again every every single named via cost character counts as the general in addition to the general so you can take a Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon as your general and then all your various characters that you've brought along from Curse City and the the other fire cost characters in the book of which there's about eight in total all count as the general as well for the purposes of those abilities. And again, that might play a bigger role in third edition as well. So they seem super strong. Um, You've then got Cast- Castellai Dynasty, which I think it would be the one that Jay would go for if you did a, a Grave Lord's Army. This is essentially... Um, Prince uh, Vaudrye and his honour guard of blood knights ride out from their castle. And it is essentially your, your vampire army. All the benefits are built around vampires. So you unlock blood knights as battle line, which is really, really cool. And all vampire units and blood knights are obviously a vampire unit gain buffs as they kill units. Imagine kind of like Bretonian questing knights through a weird undead lens Every time one of your vampire units kills a hero, they get plus one damage for the rest of the game. Huh. If they kill something with three or three wounds, that isn't a hero monster. They get plus one wound for the rest of the game, and if they kill something with less than two wounds, they get plus two to their running charge moves for the rest of the game. so you kind of your vampires are gonna gonna be like picking the choice cuts of meat between the army to buff themselves up and then become really really good that's a yeah.
0: really good mechanic i like that yeah. as if they're feeding on the battlefield and making themselves stronger that's yeah, great exactly
1: and you're gonna have it's gonna be quite an elite army because really you might have a unit of zombies to sit on a back objective but essentially you're gonna have units of blood knights you're gonna have coven thrones you're gonna have your vampire lords and zombie dragons all jumping around fighting and stuff i think that'll be a really really fun list to play um i I need to buy, like, another two or three boxes of Blood Knights before I can do that one, but I think that'd be a really, really fun way of playing. Um, it's a shame there's no Bloodborne. Oh, outside of the, the Cursed City stuff, there's not, like, a box of Bloodborne, because that'd be cool. There's a different type of, like, vampire infantry that would benefit from that.
2: Yeah. yeah i've been watching uh castlevania the animated series and uh, yeah they've got like vampire infantry and in that it'll be so cool
1: yeah, it'd be <laughs> i mean they, 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 you still get that vibe with this army and yeah, yeah i know you're always up for like you can do a pure vampire army with it, which is cool you haven't got many models on the table compared to other ones but your units are going to get really strong and you your opponent's got to worry you can't you can't really throw away chaff because a chaff unit gives them plus two to run in charge you have got to be a bit careful with what you feed into to the vampires them <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, So, yeah, really, really like them. Um, And they've got some really cool, really cool traits as well. So, again, feeding off the same vibe. There's one where if the vampire um, uh, kills something in the first battle round, it um, improves the wound of all nearby units by one. Again, making your really strong vampires even stronger. So, yeah, I think Prince Vordrai can do, like, five or six damage with his lance in that army it's crazy uh, and then you've got the Gory. and this one i think it's a bit of kind of maybe muted response online i really like it this is the monster mash <laughs> so this is based around i forget her name uh the new vampire lady uh let me find her name Vai. oh yeah is the the weird kind of like half dragon half vampire and these these are all the vampires that have let go of their humanity and have just descended into gribbly, horrible monsters. Which is cool, isn't it? Um, and they they get uh, mutations for their beasties. So at the start of the, at the start of the game, uh, you can pick one of your beasties to have a mutation. And then the same as other upgrades for each battalion that you take, you can upgrade another one of your monsters. Um, There you've got stuff like being able to run in charge, making it uh, hard for nearby enemy units to cast spells. The really cool thing with this, though, is you can take dragons and terror geists as battle line, so you can do a pure monster army, and all of your monster keyworded units are minus one to wound as well when you're attacking them. That's very good. Uh, Bear in mind that Nagash is a monster as well. Hmm so if you want to take container gash then you know he's he's hard harder to wound but yeah i i've got i need to buy one more terror and then i can run a full monster dragon heavy uh avangori list i think that looks really really fun uh Tournament wise, I think we're going to see bycos. I think they're uh, by far making those units of zombies and skeletons stronger. Is let's face it, the zombies and skeletons are going to win you the games, aren't they?
0: Really big the blocks. At the minute, stuff, yeah. at the
1: minute, obviously we don't know what's happening in third edition. I mean, we were talking on the podcast last night. What if monsters now have a fear rule and could force people off objectives, which would suddenly make that uh, Avengory list, where it's really hard to kill the monsters, really good. Uh, as it is, they count as one model, so you're probably not going to win many games with them because they haven't got anything like the the, um, the giants counting as you know thirty models or anything like that. But they'll be fun, you know, an army full of dragons would be uh, be ace and quick as well. And quick, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so they're, they're the bloodlines and I, I quite like how they've done that. You have to pick one of those bloodlines, but between them, you've got, I mean, arguably um, the, the two talk ones are quite similar in playstyle, but the other three are completely different. You know, Monster Mash, Cavalry Army, lots of zombies. That gives you know, it gives people lots of different ways to build the army, which I always like in a battle tome. You know, we, obviously we're going gonna to see cookie cutter lists in the end, but I think it'll be fun to explore. You're not pigeonholed by picking your character. You know, you can still take Radhikar in the Monster Heavy Army. So there's some nice overlap. and I really like that. I think sometimes in the past, they've been a bit restrictive with those kind of sub-factions, haven't they? Mm, they
2: One thing that's different in this book, I've noticed, is that you pick your bloodline, which is almost like picking your storm host or your Great Nation, um, but you're not tied to a particular artifact or... You um, are command part of the
1: command abilities for that bloodline.
2: So there are. I noticed there are like a, a six different artifacts, for example, for the for each of the um, bloodlines. Does your first character have to take a particular artifact, and then you can pin, spend uh, take battalions to unlock other artifacts? So, so
1: when when you pick your bloodline, you unlock the traits and artifacts for your army oh yeah but, but my, point is, stuff, my point is my point pick the stuff from there you don't think you can pick them from a different bloodline
2: no but my point was for like storm host and great nations if i took metrica for example the first character to have an artifact has to have the metrica artifact and the first general to have a command trait has to have the metrica command trait but for the sold Gravelords, if you took legion of blood your general gets a choice of a, a few different command traits to take and you get a choice of six artifacts to take as yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: You get six of each, which is w- much more choice than, like you say, yeah, you're very kind of railroaded into, you have to take this one first.
2: Yeah. So yeah,
1: definitely, yeah. definitely better for kind of building your army. It's, um, the monster ones got three of each, so less choice, but then you also get the three monster traits as well.
2: Yeah, but yeah of course, the monster traits, that's unique to that bloodline. That's isn't unique it? to that
1: bloodline. Yeah. So I, I like that. I think it's a nice, a nice mechanic. And again, it, it, I've said it a lot with this book. It feels like Vampire Counts My Fantasy kind of army building. Um, it's it's a shame we've only got the one kind of generic vampire. I'd like to have seen like a mounted one, but I guess arguably you've got the, the Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon for that kind of role. Yeah. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame we haven't got a, a vampire on a on a uh, on a steed as a character for the um uh, castellar yeah yeah that'd be good i mean it still looks cool doesn't it with a dragon and vampire leading a big spearhead of knights but i think a a mounted vampire would look cool and you could always use the white king but obviously it doesn't have the vampire keywords it doesn't kind of key off as well off the synergies um now i'm not going to go through every unit because there's an awful lot of units in this book there's very little that's being removed so like i say all the all the flesh eater courts units we keep the terror geist and the, and the vampire uh, the dragon Um we lose all the ghosty units go to the night haunt and all the kind of ghouls and stuff go to the flesh eater courts that's not an issue there's a few things that we do lose uh the bats the units of like uh bat swarms are gone which is a shame considering we have got new ones in curse city but you know, that's another another thing for another day, I guess. Um I'd I'd have really liked to have seen them in there along with the rats. Especially since we've got a character that's all about undead rats as well. It just yeah. seems really strange to me. Uh but outside of that, most things exist. So some of the, uh, the the range is going to be a bit mismatched now. So the corpse carts are obviously a different style of zombies compared to the new ones that we've got. And the grave guard are a bit smaller and less impressive than the current skeletons. But I don't think the army as a whole on the table will really suffer from that. I think they've done the right thing. And rather than add half a dozen brand new units, they've gone and taken those oldest kits and updated them, haven't they? They have, yeah you know updated the skeletons updated the zombies updated the blood knights i think they were the important things that needed doing and then they've added all these characters which lets you do the fun army building stuff and the different bloodlines and getting that all to work obviously for the new stuff it is very kind of heavy on the Vico stuff uh, we have got a couple of new ones for the other one so Vi, we mentioned earlier a uh, mix of vampire and dragon she has a command ability that kind of keys off her dynasty uh, she gives monsters nearby plus one to hit against a specific target, which is really good. So your monster got plus one to hit and it's minus one to wound them, which is really, really cool. Um, and she's also fairly, well, she's completely safe if she gets a spell off from being charged from deep striking units. Um, when, she, when she casts it, any charges within 12 inches are halved. So the most somebody can charge is six inches. So if somebody <laughs> comes down nine inches away from you they cannot charge you
2: dave that's that's you're undone mate yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can, unless, you
1: can do that, unless you get a bonus to it or something but yeah it's it's she can pretty much control where things come down making a kind of that kind of alpha strike list really tricky against her because she just needs to kind of have if you're doing it in that monster list you're only going to have a handful of models aren't you three or four they just crowned round her when they need to, and, and the enemy can't charge. So yeah, that's really fun. Instead of her, you can take a Vengorian Lord, which is a generic one. It isn't locked into that bloodline, so you can take it in the other factions as well. And um, it's got a spell which tops up your monster's uh, wounds by D6, which is really cool. If a unit destroys any uh, enemy units, there's less ways of raising and healing your units. So having a way of you know. You, your terror guys take some damage, heal up D6 wounds on it. Hey, Radigar or someone takes a load of damage, you can heal him up so kind of a combat healer is an interesting kind of unit mm. um, and then he's got a unique spell that gives you plus one to wound against the target so if you're doing this monster heavy army, not only are your guys minus one to wound, not only are they plus one to hit from Lalkavai but they're also plus one to wound from the Vengorian Lord, meaning all like of those monsters are hitting and wounded on twos and you're minus one to wound them.
0: That's that's very powerful.
1: Yeah, really cool. And obviously he's not got any of those um, bloodline keywords, so you can throw him in another army and give him traits. And yeah, there's lots of fun stuff. I think there's going to be a fun period of people working out different abilities and stuff. Lady Annika, we mentioned her earlier. She's a gorgeous model, but um, she doesn't really have any funky special rules. She's got a four plus wound shrug, so She's really hard to kill and... If you don't kill her, she heals up at the end of the phase. So, she's really hard to kill. But, if she hasn't got any kind of like offensive spells, then just ignore her.
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem like she but, plays a massive role in the game.
1: I, I guess. It depends on what, what, what objectives are like. If we see stuff like Places of Arcane Power, where heroes want to sit in an objective all day, she's your lady for that. She'll just sit there and you've got to kill her in one go. Obviously, the downside is... In that scenario, your, your enemy's going to be focused on killing the characters anyway, so I, I think she needs to, some testing on the table to see how she works out, because even with that rule, she's only a six-moon character at the end of the day. There's There's lots of ways of taking her down in one go. Yeah so
2: uh, in which crit- phase you have to kill her in a phase is that right
1: so 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 yeah but essentially you've got to, you've got to kill her in a phase
2: so there's no point shooting her or casting spells that really you want to hit her in combat where you can do a lot of damage
1: yeah and she's got a four plus wound truck so really you need to get on average 12 wounds through to it but that's doable isn't it yeah. um the other new character is critter the rat prince he's um he's another strange one he's got a passive minus one to hit and when he dies on a four plus, he reappears anywhere on the table outside of nine inches of enemy models. Arguably, I think he's better than her because if you kill him, he could just hop over to another objective when he dies.
0: Yeah, that's 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 good. I like the look of this guy as well. He's my my favorite of the new characters. Radicara aside, really. But uh, yeah,
1: uh, I mean, that's that's the Skaven in you, isn't it? It is the Skaven, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got Radikar the Beast. So this is the guy from Curse City. He's being buffed a bit. He can run in charge. He's minus one to hit at all times. He always counts as a general in the Vaikos army, as do the previous two guys that we've just chatted about. Um, and his hits have got a chance of doing mortal wounds. So he can do up to 12 mortal wounds if he gets lucky with his hits. Um, he can give all grave lords within 18 inches an extra attack as well. And that's all Soul Grave Gravelords. So you're, you, this is where it comes quite interesting. If you took your, um, say, your Vampire Cavalry Army, Jay, with your Vampire Lords and Zombie Dragons, before you're doing a load of damage, throw in Radkar. He's not the same keyword, but you can still take him. He doesn't benefit from the rules for killing things, but he can give them the benefits of his ability. And you give all those Vampires plus one attack. Oh, nice really really cool uh and once per game he can summon a unit of 10 wolves as well so yeah he's a, an amazing character if you take him you can't take radakar the wolf and obviously all the curse city characters are one block so that unfortunately means if you take him you can't take any of the other like support characters from curse city which seems a bit odd i'd have liked to have been able to take i don't know radakar the beast plus i don't know gorslav the gravekeeper i guess from a law point of view all those other guys are dead by this point because the adventurers have worked their way through the curse city haven't they oh yeah, yeah. of course all will tell it sure so yeah it kind of makes sense we've then got bella down of olga we mentioned it, i won't cover her too much we mentioned her earlier on she's got a spell that essentially does mortal wounds and turns people into wolves that are then in combat with you uh she's got a spell that makes every hit of a six count as two hits that is uh, depends on the FAQ because zombies, if they hit on a six, they do a mortal wound. So, would that spell count as two uh, hits uh, of six or a hit of six plus a hit? Which I think would be the intent.
2: I think there's been FAQs around similar effects like that in the past, and it, it, it's only the first six counts for the trigger. So your extra hit wouldn't count, I think. Yeah,
1: so you'd get. I think you'd get. You'd get a mortal wound, and then you get an additional normal hit. They're still really yeah. good, still really good on all those. And especially you have Radikara on there as well. And they've got an extra attack as well already. Yeah. These characters work really, really well together. So, yeah. Um, yeah, really like her. So that's really the kind of the new, the new characters. If you want the kind of details and everything else, check out the website, because there's a load of units in there. I will give a shout out to what I think are the best unit in the book, the Humble Dead Walker Zombies so yeah they, they can be taken in units of 20 or 40 they're cheap as chips they do mortal wounds on six as we've already mentioned every time they kill something it gets added to the unit as an additional zombie and a two plus and that is like we saw with uh, Bellacore with adding models rather than replacing slay models it means that if they got lucky you can have a big old horde of zombies i mean they haven't got a save and they're fairly rubbish but just weight of numbers they they can do some damage if they roll enough sixes there, can't they? Yeah, Especially they can. if you have uh, Radicar behind them to give them an extra attack each as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, I I do think these look really really good. Um, but I think the fact that they've got no save, so and I'm assuming they're quite slow, although they can pile in six inches, I believe.
1: Yeah, they can pile in six inches. So, so that, that can catch
2: you out. Good yeah uh,
1: but they are but, slow so there are there are ways of making them quicker so if you take a viacost list there is zombie spores or something which lets them move three inches i think it is in the command phase
2: that's pretty good um so, but yeah, yeah i think i think you need to hit them and you know get the charge on them and then you'll probably do a lot of damage that there won't be many zombies to hit your back which sort of negates because i mean 40 zombies hitting you first with what 80 attacks i'm guessing with the buff uh fishing for sixes they're gonna they're gonna wipe out an equivalent um unit of you know 20 models but i I wonder if you can get the charge on them and and you'll basically just murder them i think with them having no saves whatsoever
1: pretty much now there is there is a slight wrinkle in that that corpse carts um give any enemy units within nine inches minus one to wound your
2: zombies so that's really good
1: so you basically have a big blob of them with a corpse cart in the middle. So they're inside that nine-inch bubble, and then yeah, you you've got to really chew, you've got to commit a lot of resources to, to get rid of this. Essentially, I say a chaff unit. It's a big old chaff unit, but it's <laughs> it's a threat that you've got to deal with because, like you're saying, you don't want them charging you, charging your characters, and just taking them down with mortal wounds.
2: Oh, that's it, yeah.
1: So yeah, really, really good. Um, i a lot of the lists i've seen have been like you know three units of 40 zombies corpse carts to defend them and then top up with all the new viacost characters in the viacost dynasty so they're wounding on plus one as well that seems a pretty solid tournament list um i i don't know if that's gonna be the most fun to play with or against um But at least there's a lot of options for different things in this book, which I'm really happy with. I think a lot of people were disappointed. I think we mentioned this last time on the show. A lot of people have been disappointed that it isn't like the next over-the-top broken army. It's not. There's there's some things that are very strong. There's some things that aren't so great. But on balance, it seems like it's going to be a fun army with lots of different ways of building it. And it's thematic as well. I like the different bloodlines. I like all those elements. Yeah, I I I think this is gonna be a fun book to play with. I know you awesome. guys haven't had a proper read through this yet, but what are your kind of initial thoughts on what you've seen online? Um
2: yeah, I I, I like the uh different bloodlines and the different play styles. Um and um I, yeah, I, I think it has the feel of a sort of traditional undead vampire counts army from Warhammer Fantasy Battle. Yeah. Um Yeah, I agree. And,
1: out of any, any army, I think you're going to be spending know, half your army on characters and the rest on your, your units, aren't you? It's going to be very character heavy, which is fun. Well, uh, yeah, that's always fun. gorgeous models for all these vampires as well.
2: Yeah. And and I, I like character heavy armies are good if you've got the cheap troops to go with it and you do yeah. in this one. So you can afford to take all those nice characters because you can you know, you can still have so many bodies on the table. Um, I, I It'll be interesting to see how well they do against, because I mean, at the moment, I know shooting armies tend to be quite powerful. Um, yeah. Your Your on overlords, your Seraphon shooting armies, your Luminef shooting armies. Um,
1: and these, these will struggle against them, you know. Yeah. The, the Sentinels take out all the characters, and your, your your units are fairly ineffective. It's all it's all about those auras and stacking buffs, isn't it, really, with Grave Lords? Yeah. So this is the big question mark on if shooting goes to. 40k style where you can't shoot a character if it's close to a unit, in which case these would be really good because you do have to chew through that unit of 40 zombies then to get to the vampire behind them.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that changes them an awful lot doesn't it? I would like to see that. I would like to see characters be maybe not completely immune to shooting but I think at the moment they're minus one, aren't they, if they're next to a big unit. Um, yeah. I would like and to like, see them change up. And again. like
1: Radicar, the, the Beast, has got a passive minus one, some of the other characters have got passive minus one, which at the minute, obviously, would stack with that. It just depends what happens in third edition, doesn't it's it? the
0: cap, like they did in 40k. Yeah. Maybe.
1: But, but no, they seem fun. Uh, I, I've ordered one of everything. I'll probably do the same again next weekend. <laughs> uh, so I'm really looking forward to playing some games with them and seeing how they get on. Um It'll be a a different change of pace. I haven't really done... uh, Demons aren't really a horde army, because you can't... uh, Outside of some specific builds, you're quite heavy in points for some of the units, where, like you said, Jay, you know, (laughs) 40 zombies, if they charge in and do some damage, suddenly you've got a unit of 50 zombies, maybe, and then it (laughs) exponentially gets tougher over the game, doesn't it? You need to deal with them turn one, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a good book to me. Um, I've definitely been tempted by a couple of those builds, uh, but far too many projects on the go. So, yeah, Matt, you've done a really good um, written review for the website as well. Uh, as you mentioned, the link to that will be in the podcast notes as well, so you'll be able to check that out at your own leisure. Um, so yeah, it's um, all a little good book, and it'll be interesting to see how it reacts with um, AOS, it reacts, how it interacts with AOS three as well. Um, which would be really cool. Thank you very much for that, Matt. Um, We're not done with the podcast yet, though, because we do have our top three and that is coming up next. It is time for this week's top three and we're going to be looking at hats. So what are our favourite hats from the Warhammer universe? So quite an interesting top three this week. Um, should provide some uh, funny answers, I think. Um, and I'm going to start off this week with my third choice. So I wanted to go for one that was really a bit, a uh, really a bit out there. Um, and it took some searching, but I managed to find one. So, who would want a hat that has a candle on the top of it? Could or do So my third choice is the leader of. Um, well, I can't remember what his actual um, name is for it because I've never really looked into the, the war bands. Um, but the Cordor hats with uh, candles on it. I mean, that's just health and safety gone all kinds of wrong, isn't it? It really is. It really no, go is. Um
2: take candles. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so yeah, um, a bit of a weird one, um, but I thought it would make a good funny start to uh, to our top three. Um, Matt, what is your third choice?
1: Well, as I gave for my boy Archie, and haven't I? Have an eye. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's got a cool helmet, but not every helmet has the eye of Shireen in it. You know, named after the Zinchian sorcerer, Ed Sheeran, <laughs> uh, plucked his eye out in the world that was and put it in his helmet. And it gives him prophecy to see the future. In particular, prophecy to see who wins that bloody roll off for the uh, for the uh, start of the battle round.
2: Didn't help him spot that Night Goblin coming at him, though, did it? No, it didn't. Well, no, you know, he's,
1: he's, 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 he's only looking ahead to that, that uh, priority roll, isn't he? He's not, he's not keeping an eye on on Goblin, so yeah, we'll go with Archeon and the the Eye of Shireen in his hat that lets him see the future.
2: Excellent.
0: Uh, Jake, what is your fair choice?
2: Well, mine's in a in a similar sort of style, and it is the Crown of Sorcery. Um, this was a. It's almost like it reminds me a lot of the World of Warcraft and the Lich King. I believe it was a crown that was owned by Nagash, and part of his will and power was seeped into this crown, which was then picked up by an orc war boss called Azhag the Slaughterer. (laughs) And he he put it on his head and all of a sudden he started getting all of these amazing ideas and plans and schemes. The crown would whisper to him, not very orcish at all, instead of using this like fists and axe to sort of beat his subordinates into uh, into order he would sort of talk to them in strange languages and <laughs> express his plans. It? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound like very orky behaviour, does it? No. And uh, it actually, he was quite successful with this crown on his head. And um, there would even be times because obviously an orc, an orc is quite strong-willed, you know, uh, and green is best and all of that. And sometimes he would get into arguments with the crown. So, so to, to, to observe, it looked like he'd be arguing with himself, where like the green skin in him is trying to wrestle the willpower of this uh, Nagashi sort of will in the crown of sorcery.
1: <laughs>
2: That's an excellent choice.
0: Really, really good. Um, round to our second choices. Um, I make no secret that I like the sort of Inquisition and I like you kind of witch hunters and stuff from fantasy. Do you know what they have in common? They have tall hats. So I'm gonna pick one particular hat in um in, in in particular, and that's Inquisitor Greyfax's tall inquisitorial hat. Because you are not a member of the Inquisition unless you've got a tall hat. Um mine are far less serious uh, than yours so far, and so it may continue. But, <coughs> um Matt, what is your second choice?
1: Well, you know, there's only there's only one person with a with a hat that's cooler. Than, uh, the eye of Shirin. and we're going to go with marathi the shadow queen she she's not just got a crown she's got a crown of serpents you know, i was that's... just trying
0: to envision her, what she was wearing then <laughs> yeah, yeah so
1: in, in in her shadow queen aspect in a horrific snake form with snakes writhing around in her hair Yeah, literally a crown made of snakes. Indiana Jones would hate that, wouldn't they? Yeah.
0: Quite renowned for not liking snakes. Excellent choice.
2: Uh, Jay, what is your second choice? Uh, So my second choice is, um, it's actually um, seven helmets in one. Um, And it's more, I mean, the helm is quite a distinctive part of this sort of uh, thing, but it's, really the entire suit of armor. And it's the the Phoenix armor that's worn by the Phoenix Lords of the Eldar. Um, but they, they have such good stylized hats um, and helmets. Um, they're really old models um, and they, they look quite similar to the really old artwork for the Phoenix Lords. Mm. Um, I really, especially like um, Azurman, who is the, um, uh, the Dire Avengers Phoenix Lord, the first of the Phoenix Lords, with a really stylized quite large so the helmet is actually almost as big as the rest of the model to be fair uh dire avenger helm um and then uh the striking scorpion phoenix lord as well with the mandy blasters and the big like almost scorpion's tail type thing coming up the back um i mean these are really really old metal sculpts um Mm -hmm. but they have a really really cool sort of retro charm to them
0: yeah they do yeah they, they really do um we are round to our top choices already um, so my top choice is a certain Sky Dwarf with a cannon in his hat. And that's Brock Grunson <laughs> uh, for the Carriage <laughs> Overlords. Because not only is he wearing a tall hat, which we have already judged I like tall hats. Um, he has a tall hat with a cannon in it, which is just amazing. Uh, and to top it off, he has a mustache with like smaller guns in it. This guy is just awesome, isn't he? So, yeah, he's he's most certainly my top choice. It's that's, the
1: that, that, that's, that's edging on top three facial hair there Dave I think we've crossed the streams <laughs> yeah we have
0: crossed the streams a little bit there he'd be top of that choice as well Um, Matt what is your top choice
1: well I can't believe he's not been mentioned and it is an insult I am obviously raising an army of the dead and there's one fella who has most definitely got the biggest hat in Warhammer and that is Nagash He's he's got an impressive hat on his head, hasn't he? It's, it's a model so, it? It is, yeah. <laughs> it's like as big as a person. The old metal Nagash from like the olden days had a had a big hat. He was a ridiculous looking model, but he had a big impressive hat and you know, Chaos Wolves came along and they had big hats, and Nagash was like, I ain't having any of that. So he made himself a massive big hat and now he's the lord of all hats in the mortal realms. And I've got enough on a tangent here. Nagash <laughs> has got a nice hat.
0: Uh, do you reckon it's one of his titles, like when he signs off, it's like Lord of the Undead, you know, all these old fancy titles and, you know, Lord of Hats. That's uh, Master the very of last Hats. One. Master of Hats.
1: Herald of Hats.
0: Herald of
2: Hats. <laughs> uh, Jay, what is your top choice? Yeah, so you guys have, you've, you've mentioned some pretty impressive hats there. Uh, you know, we've we've covered uh, Archaon's Crown of Domination, uh, Azhag the Slaughterer's Crown of Sorcery, a hat with a cannon in it. But I'm just gonna post something into the uh into our private WhatsApp group now because I think you've missed a trick. And actually, there is a model out there who has got the greatest piece of headwear ever. Uh and I'm just gonna put the picture there for you guys to, to see. I'm waiting the,
1: with the, that is the, an impressive hat. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Oh lie.
2: my <laughs> goodness. So <laughs> I am talking about the Rock Gut Trogoth who has strapped a boulder to his head. <laughs> Um, i mean this is fine fine sort of um fashion for for a uh a, a trogoff um mm-hmm. and you can tell by the grin that he knows it he, oh, it. he knows yeah he he's fine. wearing
1: that hat this, this guy's clearly tried just balancing it on his head and that didn't work so he's, he's put some thought into how he can secure that rock properly atop, atop, atop his head doesn't he
2: he paid extra for the uh for the band yeah the accessory there <laughs> thanks for giving me an image for the uh the cover photo for this week's episode uh, jay because that's
0: that's definitely got to be it hasn't it
1: I'm, I'm a little surprised jay your your top three hasn't been like the lumineth realm lords range because there uh, are some impressive hats in there
2: we'd have to do a top 30 hats for the lumineth and i thought to be fair it'd be too easy they've got that much you know the from the from the big plumes for the, the basic spermin for the big cows on the stone guard uh, the foxes on the wind spirits, and then all the mages and things. Oh yeah, they they, they have got some impressive headwear.
1: Give me the same shop in the cash cow's first. big hat. I
2: think it they might be. Yeah.
1: anymore. Probably not anymore. They're probably not allowed around those parts, are they?
0: <laughs> Confirm for aos 3 the realm of hats. Yeah, definitely excellent. Uh, there are choices. Uh, we do have one final section of the podcast left. It is the community top three picks, and that's coming up next. And so we head onto social media to pick out the community choices for this week's top three. Uh, Josh Upton over on Facebook, his third cho- third choice is my top choice. It's Brock. His metal top hat is built into his metal mask with a metal mustache, with built-in guns and monocle. All that metal must be a weight on his mind. His second choice is the Silent King. If his massive bladed crown is attached to his head, does that mean it's made of the same stuff as him? Thinking face. Uh, and his top choice a really cool one chameleon skinks the peak of warhammer fashion is just a poison dart frog strapped to your head also <laughs> comes in handy for poisoning ones blow darts so
2: that's, uh, i said really i thought topic. i thought the chameleon skink was just a mount for the frog <laughs> i think
0: it might be um matt what do we have over on twitter
1: well matthew thomas says zarek the silent king nagash and the idol in Amathlan, all absolutely bonkers by bonkers i i assume you mean awesome hats <laughs> mr craig chester says surely it's the man fleeing from the giant aka johan johan does have a fine hat sure. uh, harry sherwin says you've already picked the best one nagash does more wargaming says has got to be necromancer with hat uh known in the world that was as heinrich kimler yeah, he did have an impressive hat. So the little in joke here for Desmo, um, the the model that formerly was Heinrich Kemmler in, in the world that was, got the um, the less the less than impressive title on the box when he was re released for Age of Sigmar of Necromancer with Hat. <laughs> to differentiate him from an a necromancer answer without hat, I assume. You know, the hats are important in, there, <laughs> in the gaseous realm, aren't they? And I finally, do. Matt says the correct answer has to involve chaos dwarves. That is a range with lots of impressive hats. They have a lot of flat hats, don't they? They have a lot of tall hats back in the day.
0: Yeah.
1: They maybe
2: maybe they, they could be inquisitors, Dave. Maybe they could be inquisitors. Maybe
0: they are. That's where the chaos dwarves have been all this time. <laughs>
2: yeah, Maybe.
1: Excellent. Uh, what is next week's top three, Matt? Well, we, we've come to an end of an era of, um, of Age of Sigma. We're on the horizon, we've got a big preview of, of third edition. So we thought we'd celebrate Age of Sigmar since it came out. We want to know your top three Age of Sigma releases of all time.
0: Excellent. You can get your top choices in um, early via our social media at Spruce and Brews on Twitter or facebook.com forward slash spruce and Bruise. Or alternatively, you can wait until we pop the post up, asking for your contributions. That brings us to the end of another podcast. Uh, it's been fun as always, guys.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been a good old show.
0: It has. We're going to let Matt get back to, to painting more vampires, and I'm going to go finally paint some Skaven. Uh, and until then, we'll be back again next week. Uh, have a great week at hobby. See you later. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Spruce and Brews podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruceandbrews.com and if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at spruesandbrews or head over to facebook.com forward slash spruesandbrews.